coming in with a good positive attitude is infectious to the team members and you want to make sure that you elevate and support one another. So internal customer service will reflect on your external customer service and your pet parents will know that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the Whisker Cloud Marketing Podcast. I'm Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. And today I have another Adam. This is our second Adam on the show. Adam Chrisman, what's going on? We're starting a trend here of Adams. We're going to need some protons and neutrons and electrons to balance out this strength. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, since I met you, I don't know when we meet, like six, eight months ago. Yeah, we're kind of getting to know each other. Yeah, I'm like, and we launched a podcast, and and you were one of the first people that popped into my head because I'm like, man, you bring so much energy to every talk. You're like me. Like, uh, let me ask you this question about yourself, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but my wife working at home through COVID has told me just being in the same home as me while we both work is insanely exhausting for her, and I told her that like for me. I exhaust myself most days because my brain is pumping. My I talk a lot. You're kind of like that too. Am I wrong? Yes, you, you nailed it. Okay, exactly. good. You are like, yeah, I mean, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I just think you and I are both high energy people. Right. Yeah. I mean, I start my day with high energy working out and, you know, trying to turn that off with my head on the pillow is difficult. It really is. You're right. Because you just want to keep going. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like, I always feel you've got dachshunds. I always feel that sort of owners take the personality of their pets or vice versa. I basically am a Boston Terrier as a guy with two Boston Terriers. I just have these like large spurts of energy and excitement and then I crash and then I wake up and I go again. Right. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And, you know, me having dachshunds, I do have back problems, too. So, you know. <laughs> that is that's great. A lot of synergy there. <laughs> well, you've been in you've been in vet med for a long time. You know, everyone that comes on the show, everyone knows I, I'm a big Marvel fanatic, which you and I are going to talk a lot about Disney Marvel fanatic, just like you. I ask everyone. What's your origin story? So, you know, the radioactive spider bit your hand, you became Spider-Man, you know, a Kree ship blows up, you become Captain Marvel. What is your origin story for veterinary medicine? Gosh, I wish I had something like that to really say, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it was either, you know, I I was always obsessed with animals when I was a kid. I loved it. And it wasn't just like loving animals so much. I love the science behind it too. So um, mom and dad and my family, you know, no one is a veterinarian in my family. So and I know it's very generational in this profession, which is awesome. And I'm like, what the heck? How come there's like nobody in my family? But we were just surrounded by a lot of love of animals. And I only had one dog growing up. It wasn't like I lived on a farm. Like I'm from Jersey. We don't pump our gas. We pump our fists. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I've always loved animals. So it was one of those things that just led into it. And I said to mom and dad when I was younger, I'll never forget it. I was in kindergarten. I said, I want to be a veterinarian. She's like, how do you even know what that is? And I said, because I watched, I read a book and, you know, it was a picture book and all that stuff. And I thought it was really cool. And they just, what, what I loved about my parents is that they helped nurture that. They really did, you know, and by nurturing, it was either we go into the shelter, we go into the zoo, we went to like, we have a, like a little aquarium by us in town. So I would go there. And then we, I went to the veterinarian with mom and dad. I went to the gentleman who was the vet at the time. And I said, I want to be a veterinarian. And he's like, well, when you're old enough, you can come hang and, you know, shadow me and everything. Well, cut to ninth grade. I did. <laughs> and right after high school, I went there. 
And, you know, long story short, I actually worked at the practice that I said to him, like, I want to be a veterinarian. Well, I became the chief of staff of the practice of my own hometown. So that was cool because, you know, here were my like classmates from high school, my high school teachers, uh, just everyone that knew me in town. Um, I was, you know, Dr. Adam Christman, their veterinarian. So it was really, really nice. So, yeah. And I really wholeheartedly mean this too, Adam. Like we really are in the best profession on the planet. We have, we're surrounded by such wonderful colleagues that elevate and support one another. And finding your niche and your tribe within the profession is equally important. And we got that. So no, I and I agree with you. And a lot of people say to me, okay, so Whisker Cloud blew up and you're you're having this great company and this great career in veterinary medicine. Dude, why don't you do websites for dentists and lawyers and this and that? And I always say the same thing. I just don't have the passion for that. I don't have a passion for lawyers or podiatrists or optometrists. I just don't. I mean, I have the passion for my two dogs and my cat. And and I think for me, that's why I love this industry. I'm like you. I grew up loving animals and they were my life. And, you know, I, I maybe would have been a veterinarian if I could I could have easily passed any science classes. I was I, I'm a guy who went to college. I tested out of all the math classes. I never had to take a math class because I was able to test out of all of them. Graduated oh, with a school wow. degree. I know. Yeah. Th- really, this podcast exists just for me to brag. But dropping like, oh, I placed out of AP. I'm like, I can't even spell it. They even had me teach AP. It was unbelievable. They have a statue of me at the school at UNLV. No, not really. Just kidding. But you should have seen me. I, I, I mean, chemistry classes and biology classes, I had to drop them. I mean, I couldn't do it. I ended up having to take astronomy because my brain just could not do it. And I, and I even thought about being a dentist at one point, And then I, I couldn't pass a single science class to save my life. They're not easy. You know, cut to organic chemistry. I think part of my soul died when I took that. And I was like... Uh, I don't know if I could do this because to your point, you're right. The sciences, they are tough and you have to take a lot of it and to the prerequisites, at least, you know, the physics and biochem. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it didn't come easy to me. Let's just say like I had to study hard for it. Yeah. And and I'll say, this is what's interesting about you. So, you know, I was just telling you, I had Adam Little on, um, you're, you're now the second Adam or you're the third. I'm always going to be the first Adam. Sorry, but you're the third Adam here. And, and it was interesting because here's a guy who was a vet, went to vet school and then ended up getting into the technology world. And you've kind of done the same thing. So here you are, you're a vet and you've completely like changed up everything about your career path. So can you kind of just talk about the changes you've made, you know, leading up to, I, I always say this, like we now are going to forever in history, we're going to have like the COVID period. So like what, what changed during COVID? What'd you do before COVID? Because you do 50 things. I mean, I follow you on social media and man, you're all over the place. Wait, are you following me on TikTok, by the way? You got to follow me on. Okay. So everyone listening better follow him on TikTok, not just oh me. My gosh. Everyone follow me on TikTok. The, the things that I do on there are very funny. Dr. Adam Crispin 52 is my username, but <laughs> I got to give a shout out to the TikTok people because it's interesting. Like on socially, like you have different vibes and cultures on all different platforms and it's, it's so cool. So yeah, you know, if you told me a year ago from today, uh, would I be in this position? You'd be like, yeah, I would say you got to be out of your mind because I just never really thought that this actually existed. And so while I was practicing, while I was practicing, as if that wasn't enough to, but I do love to do uh, shelter medicine. And so while I was doing shelter medicine, there's a story behind this is what I'm getting to with this is there was a dog, there was a dachshund that needed a home. And this is just when like YouTube was just starting out or whatever. And so I know I'm old, Adam. 
And I said, well, let's do a video of this dog that we got to get her home. She, she was wonderful. Her name was Annie. I said, we got to get her home. Her pet parents passed away. Super sweet dog. Anyway, we did want to say, you know, if you could share this, all that stuff, like what else, all that. And it took off. And I said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like the power of like YouTube and social media for the better of what, what could be done with it. So um, that led to me doing more videos, instructional videos, basic how-to tutorials, like how to clean your pet's ears, how to trim your dog's nails. And then I started doing some speaking around the country. I, I have my MBA degree in um, customer service. And so I speak a little bit about putting the magic in your practice. I started doing those kinds of things at uh, conferences. And then I was approached by somebody from the company that I'm at and they said, you know, we're looking for somebody that has like this multimedia presence slash, you know, um, ability to lead and help with continuing education for the veterinary profession. Is this something you'd be interested in? And I said, I don't know. All I know is I'm in surgery tomorrow. Like, I, I didn't really think that far in advance because <laughs> veterinarians don't like to change their heartworm prevention, let alone a career. And so I was like, my gosh, this is Christian. Now, mind you, I did not know that COVID was going to happen. So this is literally a year ago. Right now, we were having this conversation and I thought about it. And then timing was important to them because of what like special needs need to be done. And so I didn't have much time to think about it. I only had like two weeks to think about it. And, you know, so I said, I really thought long and hard about this because I really do like self-help and I read books and I'm like, you never get a second chance in this thing called life. And is this my story? Is this the next chapter that I have to tell and write? And I really felt like it was. And as much, and let me tell you, Adam, like, I mean, this is my hometown veterinary hospital. Like this is, this is my family. Like my clients, I looked forward to seeing my clients because it was like therapeutic. I loved checking in on the families and everything. But there was a part of me that said, I, what if, what if? What if this was something else that I needed to do and, you know, spread my message and, you know, have a greater launch or a greater reach towards our profession to do things for the better. So I talked to my husband, Chris, and really thought about it. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And, you know, and I did. And so I assumed this position. Are you ready for this? Two days before COVID hits. So I get into this position and this was in March. And so I had to say goodbye to my clients. Horrible, like it was like breaking news, honestly. You know, you know my, I was crying every day because I felt like I was breaking up with my clients. And there were some tough things that were being said to me too, as if like, you took an oath, Dr. Christman, to help my dog. How could you leave me? And I, that hurts, you know, because veterinarians, like we wear our heart on our sleeves. Like we want to do what's right for the animal. So when I kept hearing those things, I said, what am I doing? What did I do? You know, and I still could continue to practice, but just didn't like scale it back a little bit. But I really wanted to take this leap of faith for myself. And my, I didn't want to be selfish by any means, but I did think that the, I had some meaning and purpose to, to share. But And then COVID hits. And then I really, and I'm not going to lie, Adam, like I was really upset about it because, you know, changing your career, excited to like meet all these professionals, all these guests that you had on your show. I can't wait to meet them because that's what I was looking forward to. And then this hit. And so I said, oh, my gosh, like, it, what did I do? How am I going to learn? Like, I have to learn. I don't know Excel sheets that well. Like, I got to, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I know how to put a pedicle on a dog spay, but like, do it. So, and getting trained up virtually was so difficult. But I'll tell you this, 
we're veterinarians. We live in the most adaptive and resilient profession ever. And so I thought of it like how we do a, a case, like subjective, obje objective assessment and plan. I soaked my life. I was like, okay, Adam, you got this. Like we can handle this. Whatever's going to happen, we're, I'm going to get trained up on it. I'm going to do it to the best capacity. Because here I had all these conferences that were live that were given to me. And then I got told we're going to flip them and go virtual. And we've never done and the, the history of the company. They've never done that at DVM 360. And so, you know, we learned as we went, but we did it and we're doing it. And it's pretty amazing. It's a journey that's been awesome because I am super creative. I love to think outside of the litter box. It's my jam. And so, yeah, they, they really embrace it where I was able to like create a podcast and create editorial advisory boards, have more conferences, really cool content, talking about things that are super relative right now too. talking about diversity, inclusion and, and equity, student loan debt, you know, self-help, self-care. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at now. I love it. And I'll tell you, you know, we're going through the same thing. Our, our team doubled and actually more than doubled in size last year. And training remote is hard. Even this morning, no joke. Like our team is, we're, you know, we're spending a lot of money on different virtual training apps, you know, things like Trainual and, and Guru, where we can put together basically roadmaps for people when they start, how we do things. You know, when we hire website designers here, there's a lot of people that can design websites, but when we hire website designers, we're not hiring the world's greatest web designer. We're we're getting people who design with the the look and feel that Whisker Cloud wants to bring to veterinary medicine, which makes it difficult. We just hired another one last week, so I hear you on like the training remote. It's uh, it's interesting. You know, I feel like a lot of people on our team we have what we're calling like Zoom fatigue, where you know. Back in the old days, someone would just knock on my door into my office and say, got a second. It was fine. Now it's like, can you jump into Zoom? I'm like, oh, God, I do not want to do this for the eighth time today. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's cool you did that. One of the things I was thinking when you were saying like, this is your hometown vet hospital. So let's say there were teachers who were mean to you or, you know, people you didn't like in high school. Was it weird if they showed up with their pets? So they're like, oh, shit, you're the doctor here. I was... <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I was bullied in high school too. Like, listen, I, I keep, I keep it real, you know, like growing up in the early nineties and everything, like, you know, being gay then, I mean, it's still t difficult of course too, but it was tougher then. I feel like, you know, it wasn't as, you know, and so I didn't know who I was. I was trying to identify who I was and, you know, maybe I had, I wasn't as masculine as other students were. So getting thrown into lockers and getting shoved and kicked and all that stuff and then cut to, I mean, those are traumatizing experiences. Like I know exactly, I could tell you the names of who they were still, you know what I mean? It's just so interesting and cut to, they actually bring their dogs to me. And when I saw their name in the schedule, I'll never forget it too. When I saw his name, this one guy's name in particular, and I said, oh, I told the team, I'm like, you're not going to believe this, but so-and-so, you know, is is here. And I told them the background. They're like, well, do you want us to kick his ass? I said, no, we're not going to do that. I mean, this is like, you know, 20 years ago. So, you know, he comes in and he's like, hey, Adam, so good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I told him, I was like super professional. But at the end, he didn't even know. So I said, you know, I wanted to do you happen to know what happened in high school? He's like, I know, I know I was kind of a jerk to you. I said, kind of, I said, like, I came home crying my eyes out, you know? And he's like, I'm really sorry. I said, and he's like, and then he said like, Oh, I didn't know. Like 
you know, it was going to be such a big deal. And I said, well, that's what like bullying kind of thing is anyway. Like you don't think it is until you realize the impact of what it does. But it's cool to your point, the fact that I do get to see like, yes, there were a couple of like mean guys and mean girls that were there. But, you know, everything's a water under the bridge because when it's the fur babies, you brush it all aside. You know, you do for the better interest, the greater good, because I'm always about telling your story and leaving behind a legacy. And I'm, I want to be the guy where you want to be like, where did Chrisman go? Versus like, oh, I'm so glad Chrisman's gone. Like, you you want me back is what it is. And so I, I want to be that person. And I say that to my team, like, you, you know, you have to just let things go. You really do, you know? And uh, I've learned from those experiences. And it's great that now I'm friends with them all and everything, which is great. So it's all good. That's cool. Yeah, I used to think about that too. I mean, I was born and raised in Las Vegas, graduated UNLV, and then I I, I was doing marketing and analytics for LasVegas.com in the city of Las Vegas. What happens here stays here. And uh, it was just funny. You know, there'd be pictures at like restaurant openings or there'd be big things happening on the news with the city of Las Vegas. And there I was. There was a big event with the, with the Blue Man Group and there was a picture of me used in the news, like hanging with the Blue Man Group. And I just thought like, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was bullied. I was, um, I've always just been kind of a, just speak my mind kind of thing, which rub people the wrong way. I had a couple of teachers who were like, yeah, you just don't seem to care. You don't seem, you know, and it's just funny. I graduate with a full ride scholarship and honors and, you know, I, I kick ass in my degree, but I'm like, you know, they're, they're at home watching the news and watching things. And there's like, Oh man, that's that Adam Greenbaum guy. Wow. He's really doing, you know, he's like, I, this was a while back. I'm like 25, 26 at all these private openings and events. Like I was at the opening of buddy v actually your guy from jersey the cake boss he opened a he did a big restaurant opening at the venetian in las vegas and then there i was on the on the news like hanging with them as part of my job and i think people were probably like is that that big that loudmouth guy from high school <laughs> <laughs> now he's eating dinner with the cake boss how crazy <laughs> it's like started from the bottom now i'm here yes yeah yeah, I always thought about that too. It's like, you know, it's funny. I actually, I started Whisker Cloud and then one of my college professors, a marketing professor actually applied for a job here. And that totally floored me to think like, he knows I own the company. I was in his class. It wasn't even a big class. It was, uh, it was like a design and branding class. And I'm thinking that's nuts that he would apply for a job at one of his students' companies and like be doing it legitimately. So I always thought that was really cool. Sorry I didn't hire you, Sukin, but still, thanks for everything back at UNLV. You really taught me a lot. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, a fun fact, just a few years ago, actually, I got inducted back into my high school. I got inducted into the High School Hall of Fame. So... So I have a plaque and we had two puppy stores that were in town that I was like really instrumental in helping with the the people, the great team um, that we helped close down puppy mills in our town, which was really great. We talked to the mayor, we had meetings and town hall meetings. So that was like a really good thing to be recognized from the town for doing something good with the veterinary profession. So I, I love that. So I'm super proud of that. So shout out to my, my, my hometown in Brick, New Jersey. I love it. Well, the reason I wanted to really have you on and, you know, something I wanted to talk about, you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Now, let's get real. I really wanted to hear about all the people that we pissed off in high school. No, beyond that, uh, (laughs) I wanted to talk about like diversity inclusion in this space. You know, Danielle Lambert from our team is huge in this. And and we're actually working with a couple of groups right now to, to do more for this. And I'll tell you here at Whisker Cloud, we have in terms of companies I've worked at. 
I've never worked at a company that's as diverse as Whisker Clouds. In fact, of our leadership team, there are there is one man. We have another person, but in, in terms of our core leadership team, there is one man who is me and seven women, which is pretty important. And of those seven women, you know, the backgrounds are very diverse. We have a very diverse team. I don't know if that's because we're in Southern California and it's just very diverse out here, but I can tell you this, and this is, well, you tell me, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say this is a bad thing. Cause I don't, I don't believe it's a bad thing. I just think things need to change. If I was to tell you the demographics of our clients, I mean, I could basically tell it to you in terms of our Owners of businesses that work it with Whisker Cloud, and there's a lot of companies worldwide that work with Whisker Cloud. I would say that all but maybe five are white, and I just I think that's really interesting. And and again, I mean, we want to work with everyone, but even in terms of because guess what, our web team has built a million team pages, and there's typically a common theme on these pages. So I know you talk a lot about this, and you're really big with this. Is VetMed moving closer to having more diversity and, and getting better just from your perspective? Yes, I think so. Absolutely. I, I You know, if there's one uh, good thing out of 2020, regardless of pandemic, or whatever you want to call it, but just having the conversation and the discussion, the much well, well over over much needed conversation about diversity, inclusion and equity. So I think it's been great. And Knowing that as the chief veterinary officer for DVM 360, being able to share that voice and that provide a platform to enhance and have these very good, candid conversations is like a dream of mine, honestly. If I had to mark that off the bucket list, that would probably be one of them that we're doing is continuing to move the needle, have the discussions, sharing experiences, and we're doing it on different you know, capacities. For example, we have one on, um, we had one on diversity from the veterinary students. What was, what was their perspective like? And what is it like going through veterinary school as a minority or person of color or uh, gender? And so, you know, so there's that. And then we had one with the veterinary profession itself. Then we did a couple ones with um, the industry leaders and the veterinary students and technicians. So, you know, we had these multiple platforms and then we had one on Another one that that's really becoming more popular of the conversation is being a mom or a parent and a veterinary professional. Because during COVID, of course, in a pandemic, I mean, being a vet and uh, it's like wearing multiple superhero hats, but also discussing about equal pay. You know that it's still not there yet, and but if we still continue to talk about it and know what each other's worth is, I think that's great. So I do like the fact that you know we're starting to educate about veterinary medicine really early. And that's something that's a passion project of mine. I teach the veterinary assistant program at our community college. And I even take it one step further where these are some high school students, but I do like to do career days, virtual career days at some inner city schools or under underserved schools that maybe don't have the ability or the means to like have veterinarians or the exposure of seeing animals. So um, I'll bring them to the camera and we'll talk about that. And so I truly believe that if we talk about and educate about our profession early on to the children, it really will help inspire and motivate and you know get them into the veterinary arena, not necessarily veterinarians, but just vet techs, vet assistants. And I truly think that our clientele is so diverse, our pet parents are so diverse, it should be a reflection on what a profession looks like. And right now it's not, but we're going to get there. I know we are going to get there. And there is a couple instances where I know like, 
Dan Phillips from Veterinary Mentor Solutions and Possibilities, another mentorship on diversity. Um, you know, they're just really extending their branches into all areas of veterinary profession around the world. So if there's one silver lining that I found from the pandemic is how close we really are virtually. I mean, we really are close in the profession, but like knowing that I can talk some, to somebody from India or from South Africa or England and Australia and like have great conversations about what our experience is like. We, I, my years of being a veteran, I've been in this field my entire life. I don't think I've ever seen that ever happen. So I think this pandemic really put pause on things we've been able to self-reflect, but also appreciate the fact that, yes, we need to move the needle in the profession with uh, culture and diversity further. And it starts with us. It starts with one person at a time. You know, what's funny, too, is not a lot of people know this. Years before I started Whisker Cloud, I was the head of marketing at the Association of Perioperative Registered Nurses. And again, this was an organization that supports and trains basically nurses who are in the surgical suite and in operating rooms. And guess what? We dealt with the same problems. And, and the company itself wasn't a big company. I mean, it was maybe 50, 60 people, a lot of retired nurses, but they dealt with the same issue. It was there is no diversity in it with nursing, especially in the perioperative. And by the way, perioperative registered nurses make big money. I mean, I'm talking big money. These are six figure jobs. You know, you think about, oh, I want to be a nurse one day. Well, if you want to be a perioperative nurse, yeah, it's a little freaky. You're in there during like tough surgeries, but there's serious money there. But it was it even the way we would market it. It's like, I mean, I used to have battles. In fact, my last day at that company, I got no fight. The woman I reported to was who pretty high up there and much, much, much older. And, you know, I, I had final say over the website and marketing. And this is actually a very funny story to think about. We were fighting over the look and feel of the website and the social media. And, you know, she said, well, make the button on the homepage much larger. I wanted to take up a quarter of the screen. And I said, well, no, you can't do that. Um, you know, that that's not smart for usability and I'm not going to put that on there, but you know, I appreciate it. We'll make the button a little bigger. And she said, well, I want it that way. And I had to explain to her, I said, listen, the CEO of McDonald's doesn't eat at McDonald's every day. The CEO of Walmart doesn't shop at Walmart every day. And this website that's getting these nurses here is not built for a 75 year old retired nurse. It's built for a 23 year old, you know, future nurse who just graduated college and wants to learn more about this. And you need to understand, I'm not building this website for you. I'm building this website to convert. And that's really important. So I think when organizations are thinking about whether it's veterinary schools and whether they're doing those things, they need to get out of their own way and say, I'm not building this for me, I don't build like Whisker Cloud social media and Whisker Cloud's website, although our team kills it and is amazing. That's not built for Adam Greenbaum. That's built for veterinary professionals. It's much different. It, it, I, I like things very bare and sleek, and we use a lot of bright colors and cartoons and animations and pets because that's what works to get vets. So, you know, the veterinary schools and, and even organizations like DVM 360 and other organizations, as they're thinking about those things, you know, having you who's so passionate about this is really important because it's just a reminder of, you know, we're not we're not doing this for you. We're doing this to attract the attention of the people we're going after. Right. Yeah. And I love the collaboration that we're all doing, too. I mean, I, I give a shout out to Mia Carey from Pride BMC. Dane Whitaker in there too, and then Latinx and Black DVM Network, Asian, and then the Multicultural Society, all of them on social media, all working collaboratively, sharing each other's content, supporting and elevating one another. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And 
you know, it, it starts by having these great conversations. And, you know, like Danielle Lambert, too, I absolutely love her. And I love what she's saying. And her message is fantastic. So a year ago, I don't think we were going to, you know, I guess my question is, do you think we would be having these conversations if it wasn't for the pandemic? The fact that, like, we're so remote and we're able to, like, have a Zoom call and all that stuff, you know? Like, I just, I don't know. Well, it's funny, too, because I was going to ask you, but let's just talk about it now. So when it comes to conferences, I'll be honest, a lot of people, you know, we go to conferences. Some people, we do private parties. Two years ago, we had Elvis perform. This past year, we did three parties in three days in Vegas at Western. But I'll be honest with you, I am not like other tech companies. I don't really see the value all the time in going to conferences. You know, if I want to bring six or seven people there's a, it's a very expensive. It's a lot of logistics. You'll everyone here will anyone listening will notice you've never seen a whisker cloud booth uh, on the floor of a conference because I just got to tell you something. My company, I don't mean this in a bad way to everyone listening. My company is not a company that I ever want associated with. You know, a folding table and a white sheet and you know and a fishbowl to you know give you an iPad or something like. That's just not us. You know, it's cool when we rent out an entire restaurant and have Elvis perform. That's cool. Or when we, you know, last year we did a dinner on the rooftop of the Mandalay Bay. But thinking about conferences, this might sound horrible. I thought COVID might help because if you think about it, a lot of the reasons people don't go, right? It's the cost. It's the cost, not just of attending, but it's the flights, who's going to cover, you know, their shifts at the hospital, the hotels, the food while they're gone. And I know a lot of our, a lot of our clinics and the owners say, well, if I want to bring my practice manager and, you know, someone else, this is a really expensive trip. Whereas I felt well, God, couldn't you, you know, now you've, now you can have these virtual conferences where you can drop the cost. The overhead's got to be extremely lower and you could get five times the people there just because you're able to do it. So am I crazy? Or, I mean, you, cause you know, better than me, you're sort of setting these things up. I think COVID sort of moved that along. Yeah, no, it, it, it really did. I, I can say that it is expensive to actually run uh, on the platform. And these are fun facts that I just didn't know either as we were adapting. But finding the platforms to do it, it is on the pricer side. But what to your point, though, is, yeah, people loved it because of the fact that like I could put the kids to bed and maybe I'll watch a session tonight or it'll be on demand. So I'll catch it after work. So it's more of like get your CE on at your convenience, which is really nice. And um, you still had the ability to have like a virtual exhibit hall here at, at Fetch, which is cool. Um, that was really nice. I mean, it really looked like, you know, the real deal. And you still have like a, a networking lounge you can chat and communicate with. So cut to where we're at now, you know, in 2021, there's a little bit of that Zoom fatigue that's happening. It's only human nature. And as you know, you certainly take things for granted. And some of it is just having those interactions with people, physically being with one another. And I miss it too. I mean, as a veterinarian, like I love chatting. And I mean, listen, you mean, you know me, I could like chat with anybody. And I love the fact that like, you know, you can chat in between uh, sessions and like, you know, just hang on the exhibit floor. And just like you said, it's more about the, I think 2021 is going to be the year of the E is what I say. Year of experiences is what it is. So I can Google the glomerulus of a kidney if I wanted to, or if, um, you know, somebody wanted to teach me something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, like that's, that's cool and fine. It's good to get a refresher, but you know, we're at a point in our lifetime that, we really yearn for the interaction, the experience. So like, 
you know, having something like you were talking about, like a social or mixer, and then maybe sharing best practices. Like, yeah, like I like this new product. This is how we did it in our practice. And this might work for you. Or I like our website. Maybe you should change it like to this. And this is how we're doing our social media. So there is something to be said about like the physical human interaction, however that may look. But we are, you know, moving forward in the latter half of 2021 with live events. You know, so we have seven conferences scheduled. The first two are virtual, February and May, and then they're going to go into live events in June. So pause, cross, fingers crossed, they go on. But it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. Can I ask a tough question? You don't have to answer. Yes. So obviously there's a vaccine where, you know, things are getting better. What's the contingency plan? You know, it's like it's May and and COVID numbers are going up. Is it like, is there a backup plan or is it just like, oh, we're canceling this, we're screwed? There's always a backup plan, Adam Greenbaum. There's always a backup plan. So (laughs) I I had a feeling, but you, you know, you never know. I'll give you a great example. Like I said, when I first got this position last year, they were all live, ready to go, you know, out and about. And I was sending invitations out for Baltimore, Kansas City, San Diego. And I got told no. And I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. And so we revamped it. So yes. So now that we have a contingency plan, should anything go south, like the speakers are aware of it already too. Like if this happens and this is what we're going to do kind of a thing. But yeah, for the most part, we're they're being compliant with the CDC guidelines per state. So like maybe instead of having 100 people in a room that you normally would have at a, at a conference or at a hotel, it would be 50, you know, like remaining physically distanced. And then there's food guidelines that are different now, too, that we have to abide by. So it is going to be different, of course. You know, if we do have live, it's going to be different. But, you know, safety number one, of course. So. Yeah, I think about that too. My wife and I, our, our friends Jay and Day, were getting married in Denver. This was in like December, November, December. And what are their names? They're Jay and Day. They have bigger names, but we call them Jay and Day. Oh, I mean, like, how great would that look on a napkin? That's why I was just thinking. <laughs> oh, well, and I, I thought I thought you knew them with the way you said that. I was like, oh my god, wow, what a small world. But yeah, they were getting married, and um, and we were so excited to go. And then things started getting crazy in Denver, and you know, there were restrictions on how many people. And the, we were lucky that we were able to get our money back for flights and hotels because we ended up not being there just because of the restrictions and we were sort of waitlisted. But I think about events like this where, you know, you just hope that hotels and airlines sort of play nice with organizations like yours who are just like, hey, we have to be open. If there is an event and there's proof that the event was you know, shut down. I mean, I'm from Vegas. I, and I worked for the Las Vegas.com, which was, you know, run by the convention and visitors authority. It's like, we also understand, you know, there has to be some correlation between those things and, and help people out. So I'm hoping all businesses across the country think about that. Yes. I hope so too. Uh, I mean, I know you get locked in, as you know, to like these hotels or, you know, convention hall. And so again, this is pre COVID that you lock in for, but uh, it's, I, from what I gather, everyone's been fairly like reasonable and understanding they should. So wait till there's a AR and it's like ready player one. And, you know, and you can kind of just like show up. How cool is that going to be? That would be amazing. Somebody send my avatar. That's all I want. Yeah. Everyone will be like it. Everyone will be like, is that the incredible Hulk? They're like, oh, that's just Adam from Whisker Cloud. That's that's just me. And that's you from Whisker Cloud. <laughs> Adam from DB. Yeah, I love it. You know, we love Disney, by the way. So I'm waiting for you to ask me my Disney question, by the way. Well, no, I because, okay, so that's a big part of this. Well, and let's talk about this. So, and I'm going to preface this with a quick story. So when I was growing up, 
I, I grew up in Las Vegas. I was maybe at Disneyland a couple times, never went to Disney World. It, it really wasn't a big part of my life. Marvel's always been a big part of it, which is now owned by Disney. So my wife and I, we move, uh, we met in Denver and we moved back where she's from here to Southern California. And we were here not long. And she says, let's go to Disneyland today. And I thought, yeah, it's cool. I haven't been there in 15 years. So I go to buy two tickets and it was like 600 bucks for a day for park hopper passes. So I was like, I said to her, I'm like, this is moronic. So then I look at annual passes and it's 1100 a person, but I'm like, well, wait, 600 for one day or 2200 for literally unlimited days. This was the top pass they had. I said, let's just do this. So we went, we had the best time. And of course I'm a freak. So I'm not even looking at it from the Disney perspective. Like I'm not like, Oh, there's Mickey and Oh, the rides and get me a churro. I mean, I ate like nine churros, but I was looking at it from the, from a business owner perspective. And I know there's a lot of books out there like, you know, run your hospital like Disney and like, Holy shit. I mean, even I said to my wife, right when we got there, I said, that was the most enjoyable security line experience I've ever had because, you know, you're waiting in line, there's music, it smells like churros, it's it's a beautiful day in, in Anaheim and, you know, you get up to the security guard and they're like, all right, what ride are you going on today? What are you most excited about? What are you going to eat right when you walk in? And I thought, damn, I can't believe they're even asking that. And they're smiling and it's so cool because you probably have a lot of grumpy people there. So when my, so, you know, we end up doing that and we end up going to Disney three to four times a month, every month since we did that, which was a couple of years ago before COVID. And, and I'll say every time I go, I always come back the next day and I talk to my team and I say, I got to tell you what happened at Disneyland last night. And they're like, why do we give a shit what the, oh, that the, that the janitorial staff made a Mickey head out of, you know, water. I'm like, guys, you have to understand it though. It's about the experience you create when you're there. So I'll shut up, but talk to me about your love for Disney. And, and I know that you're, you always talk about, you know, bringing Disney into the practice. Let's talk about that. And everyone listening, I'm just going to say this. The only difference between Disney being able to do this and you being able to do this is that Disney's just made it a part of their culture and you have to find a way to do that. Now I'll shut up and let you go. No, no, no. It's so true. They did make it a part of their culture and anyone can make it part of their culture too. I did my master's work on the Disney customer experience model. Like that's what I did. I mean, I'm completely immersed in it. And, you know, to the listener, your listeners out there, sign up for the Disney Institute, by the way. Have you, have you ever done one, by the way? I have not, but I'm typing that up right now because I want to know yeah. what that's about. Look, look up the Disney Institute. Now it's virtual because, so fun fact, the I took two days off before I, I came to DVM 360. And that Monday, I went to the DVM, the, the Disney Institute in North Jersey because it travels around the world. But it was on customer-centric you know, uh, leadership. And it was really interesting. It was like a day. But so to the listeners, please, please, please look into it and encourage your uh, team members to attend just for a day because you get so much valuable information. But I always like to treat everyone like a VIP. If there's one piece of information I can give to your listeners out there is to treat everyone like a VIP. Well, that's well, Adam, that sounds like that should be understood. Well, in your eyes, it's very, very important person. In Disney's eyes, it's a very individualized person. So try to meet or exceed their expectations a little bit. 
So and what does that mean? Well, if you have an elderly client that's coming in, go out to the car, help her out a little bit. I mean, I know it's COVID and everything, it's difficult, but you wanna make sure you help her with the cat carrier or can I get you something to eat or drink before you anticipate the anxiety? Like, you know that she's gonna be upset with their dog that's coming in for vomiting and diarrhea. What can I do? I want you to think of like, what can I do to put my pet parent's mind at ease? So you gotta go the extra mile and that's what Disney does. They always go the extra mile to see. And they have a customer compass and it stands for, their, there's their north, south, west, east, and it stands for needs, wants, emotions, and stereotypes. And so when you walk into the Magic Kingdom and you go on the right-hand side and you you know you can't wait. He's like, I can't wait to go into the Magic Kingdom. This looks amazing. But you might need a park map. You might need some sunscreen. You might need some information on when the 3 o'clock parade is going to be. So on the right-hand side of the Magic Kingdom in Orlando are all the needs. And on the way out, you had such a great memorable experience that you want souvenirs, you want popcorn, you wanna continue that memory and that experience to live on the tram or in the car ride home. And so that's what we do in our veterinary hospitals. When they come in, you know that they need their annual exam at that front desk. So you know they're gonna need their heartworm preventions and flea and ticks. But on the way out, they were such a great fur baby. They were so good as a result. Shouldn't they get them a toy or a squeaky toy or something on the left-hand side or the right-hand side of your hospital or some pill pockets? So like if Dr. Crispin's prescribing some pills, they were so good, but like, let's try to make that experience better by using like pill pockets or something to entice them. So, you know, that's how, that's like such a, those are two very basic examples of how putting magic into your practice. And then finally, one quick sound bite, piece of information I want to give your listeners is that your internal customer service should just be as amazing as your external customer service. And so, you know, in Disney, they have to their cast members, because they're called cast members, before they go on stage, it says, smile, you're on stage. And I say that to my team, too. Like, when I walk in my foot into the door, and I'm going to be like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to see Mrs. Smith today. It's so annoying. Like, that's such a Debbie Downer. Like, that's called disenchantment. And everyone needs extra pixie dust. And, you know, we need those cheerleaders. So I put on the performance as best as we can throughout the craziness and highs and lows of our lifetime. But you need to be that cheerleader for them. And so coming in with a good positive attitude is infectious to the team members. And you want to make sure that you elevate and support one another. So internal customer service will reflect on your external customer service and your pet parents will know that. So, okay, I'm in love with what you're talking about right now. In fact, like I literally, I've already sent a Slack message to our entire management team. And I said, Disney Institute, find the courses you want. I'll cover the cost. Let's do this because this sounds amazing. It's already been done. But I will say this. And I'm going to and I want to have a real chat with you about this because we just had a management team meeting and we talk about this. It's like we're implementing these 50 things. It is not, and I'm going to tell everyone this, as the guy that owns a company that has a lot of employees and a lot of vendors and a lot of new people, it is hard to get everyone to buy in. And I'm in the Facebook groups and I see the toxic shit that gets posted and I see that there's a lot of people that just hate their job, hate being at the hospital. So how do you do it? Seriously, like how do you do it? Let's say I own a hospital and I tell everyone, guys, like, oh, there's, you know, Mr. So-and-so and he's always grumpy when he comes in. He's so rude, you know, but hey, we got to kill him with kindness and he comes in and he's rude. How do you tell the reception staff who's just so tired of his shit, like you got to do it? Or how do you tell the people that say, I'm tired of making 12 bucks an hour. This sucks. And you're like, oh, hey, don't forget. Give them a squeaky toy. And they're like, yeah, kiss my ass. Give me a raise. Like, how do you do that? 
Yeah. And you get, because I've got told this too, that I'm such an enabler for pet parents. Like I enable their behaviors to happen, but I don't do it where I, I provide boundaries. You have to provide healthy boundaries so that way they don't walk all over your team at the same time. There has to be respect. So transparency, communication. So if I have somebody that's like, oh, you know, I can't believe she's coming in today. I say, ah, listen, we all have our opinions. We're all entitled to them. Let's internalize them because, you know, we don't need that toxic energy right now. It's counterproductive. You're seeing highs and lows throughout the day. There is no other profession that deals with, I mean, I know the human side does it too in the ER, but we're consistently doing it. We're dealing with end of life care. And then we go on and we see a new puppy, a new adoption or whatever. So we got to check our emotions. So we need each other. You need a solid nucleus of that team. And so if you have like toxic people, like get rid of it. Or if you don't like where you're at, leave, you know, do something about it because people don't leave their profession. They leave their bosses. So there's a difference. So, and there's another, you just have to find a, a practice or a culture that is your vibe. And I know Ashley Bourgeois is really big on this. I got to give her a shout out when she talks about finding your tribe and Tanisha Crocker talks about this too. And I believe in it. So once you find, right, it's true. Find your tribe, find your niche, your niche, whoever the hell you say that word now all the days, but you know, surround yourself with people that that get you and let your haters be your motivators. You know, Tanasia and Ashley have both been on the podcast in the last month and both were awesome. If you're out there listening, go listen to those episodes, please. Uh, yeah, they're great. But no, I mean, I, I agree with all of this and I, and I really, so I'll tell you this, this is something that's real and we had an honest discussion about it and I want whisker cloud clients that are listening to understand the conversations we have. So obviously a lot of people come to us because they're with website companies who get them on a template or build them a quick, ugly site. It's whatever. And and nothing gets updated for five years. So we're doing a, a Q1 audit. We're going through every single website. And yes, our team is going through and notating any sites that have not had any dramatic, basically design changes in the last year or two, just to say, hey, we've completely, I mean, some of the new stuff, Javi, who runs our web team and some of the stuff her team's doing is just out of this world. I mean, they showed me a website yesterday that I said, we need to show the whole world this because no veterinary hospital on earth will ever have a site like this. And we had this discussion well, okay, let's promote it to our, our clients, you know, current and potential. We're like, well, hold on. What happens when we get 2000 emails that are like, oh, redo my whole site, make it look like that. But I'm okay with that. We make no money on that, but I want our clients to know that we don't want you to get outdated. We want to help you grow. And I think for vet hospitals, that's important too. It's, you know, it's about being a true partner, but it's really hard for them. They have you know, it's chaos every day and, and they don't use HubSpot or Trello or the other 50 programs that we use internally. So I just, you know, when we talk about adding that Disney magic, I just don't know how to do it. Even talking to my veterinarian who's amazing and he runs a tight ship and the business is booming. You know, he's like, dude, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I need to hire more. I'm like, man, yeah, yeah it's you and 3000 other people I talk to all the time. Like, how do we get this better? And and, and it's so hard, but you know, it's, I, I'm saying to you the same, the same things I say on every episode. Cool. You come on, we all talk about it. We've got the Adam Christmans and the Tanasias and Ashley's and Cherie's and Danielle's and Cody's and Brandon's screaming about it. And then yet we're here every month talking about it. And like, how do we, how do they, so let me ask you this. This is like a fun role playing thing. So you own a vet hospital, which you've, you've been there and 
what do you do? Do you just, do you tell everyone, Hey, we're not taking appointments for three hours once a month. And we're going to make sure we know what to do every time, what to do when a client comes in and screams about a bill, what to do when, you know, we get bad reviews. Like, is that possible? I guess it is. You know, I know that there's like standard operating procedures, if you will, for that, but clients will feel that cookie cutter feedback as well. And like, to my point, when I was talking about VIP, like it, it's to an individual basis. It really does vary from client to client, essentially, because you don't want to lose them. Listen, I mean, we're in a really tough predicament. Our profession is in a challenging spot right now. Pet adoption is at an all time high. Finding a veterinarian is not. <laughs> so hard to find a veterinarian right now. And our profession is really burnt out. It's, it's, um, it's scary. And I talk to veterinarians from around the world too, being at DBM 360, I chat with them and it is a universal thing, but I think it's more prevalent, I would say in North America, Canada, and the US as an example, where we do need to recognize the fact that we need more support to see. Like, like to your, your veterinarian, for instance, like if you, if you recognize it, you got to do something, you got to, it's worth better peace of mind. Like, yeah, maybe you're not going to have a, the bottom lines going to be chiseled out a little bit, but like, can you put a price on your tiredness and your your sanity? No, you can't. So you just got to hire the support staff and team. Like, don't let your doctors burn out and come home. You shouldn't be driving from work and just sitting in your car. Because I was in there. I've had those days to your listeners. Like, I sat in my car in the hospital after work. I wouldn't even put the car in the ignition yet. I would just sit and decompress. Like, I'd be on my phone. I would listen to music. Then I'd come home and be catatonic, like watching Bravo in a bowl of Cheerios at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, but there's going to be a couple of days that are going to be like that. It's inevitable, right? But you don't want them to be every day. So how do we do that? And I don't have the answer for that either. I don't think, you know, Tanisha, Ashley, I don't think we all do. We are all trying to figure this out as we go. But what we do know is that we talk about it and we are there for one another to talk about it because we can't internalize it. We tend to have an introverted profession, you know, so we think that we can handle it all until we're about to explode. No, don't do that. I think with, that has come a long way in the sense that we talk about our, our problems a little bit more. We don't have to be like, oh, I got this. I can handle these 10 surgeries today or whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, because everyone's got different stuff going on. So. No, I agree. I just, you know, it's, you know, obviously me owning a software company, I think differently than the average veterinarian, but I want to see veterinary medicine say, no, I'm going to do this. I'm literally, I just listened to the two Adams talk. I'm not kidding you. I am so not kidding. I put this Disney Institute in a Slack and literally wrote talking about this with Adam Chrisman right now. Anyone that's interested, let me know what courses you want and I will cover the cost. Let's do this. And I'm going to tell them tomorrow, did you pick your courses? Pick them. I'm paying for it. Let's go. Well, I got to give you a special shout out, Adam. I'm going to give you an example of something you probably do that you don't even know that you put magic into what you do. So the email to, our, to your listeners, I want you all to know this. Like, So Adam has this great email that he sent out to his guests. It is so, and I don't do this for my show. And I'm like, this is really VIP level stuff of like how to be comfortable when you're going to be a, a guest on my show. Uh, these are some best practices, turning your cell phone off, like grabbing a drink of water. When I read that, I said, this guy is the real deal. So you're already doing it, Adam. So bravo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and here's the thing too, which is really crazy. I mean, as we've grown and as we have, you know, 3,300 contacts in the space. You know, if, if I've told our support team, I've told our onboarding team, if someone's not happy, 
get them on the phone with me. Don't let's not bullshit it. Like we're never going to get it to the point. I'm never going to allow it to get to a point where they're like asking for me because they're furious. If they're like, you know, and this happened the other day, someone emailed and said, you know, I just don't know if, if you guys are getting the exact photos we want on the site. Well, we've given them access to 10,000 photos. We've put the ones they want on and, and they're saying that, I mean, I got on the phone with them. I said, guys, like, let's just have a real talk here. It's just us. There's no one around your team's not around. My team's not around. I was talking to the owners. I said, what do you want? Well, we want pictures that look like this. I mean, I, I, sh- I pulled up on my screen. I said, this is a library. We sent you 10,000 pictures. What, and I said, you know, you, we, you approve the ones that are on there. Well, what do we need to do? I said, because you guys, I mean, if you really want the owner Whisker Cloud to sit here and scroll through 500 German Shepherd photos with you, I can do that. But, you know, at some point, you're going to have to be a part of this. And and at the end of the call, they were laughing. They're like, you must hate us. I'm like, I don't hate you. But, you know, I said, this is, you know, I said, I hope you take away what I'm doing right now for your hospital. You're going to have that person who has the ability to just go onto your website and request a refill, but they're going to make it difficult when they don't need to make it difficult when, and I'm hoping someone from your hospital can just get on the phone and say, Adam, do you need more Apoquil? Well, yeah, but okay, we're going to get you more Apoquil. Come get it right now. Thanks. Talk to you soon. So, you know, but I want, I want the people listening because again, you know, this podcast is half of education informing. And, and I, I even want to, as I've, you know, as we come into 2021, I personally want to be more forceful to our listeners and tell you that I, I own, I've now owned two successful companies. I've run a couple others. I'm telling you, it, running a company sucks. It's a lot of work and it's, and, and, you know, my employees are my life. And if you don't think that way, you're going to have a problem. If they're unhappy, we do, we use this program called 15-5. And every week it's a check-in with every employee and they're able to write on a scale one to five, how they're feeling, what they're going through, what they're working on, what they're struggling with. And it goes to their direct manager. And you guys know every Saturday morning, it's the first thing I do. I wake up and I read every single one. And if someone on our social media teams, a three out of five, I read it. And then I, I check in with them Monday and say, Hey, talk to me. You're a three out of five. I'm not going to allow that to continue. What can I do to get you to five? Anything. You talk to me. So I, I love that you brought this up, this Disney Institute thing. I'm, t- I mean, I'm sure everyone can hear the excitement in my voice. I mean, you did your MBA in this. This is freaking cool because I love Disney. I love Marvel. They do everything perfectly. Everything. I mean, literally everything. Even my wife and I did a big trip to Disney World with our best friends two years ago. And you know, even booking the tickets and booking everything out there, like the emails they send you, you'd get these emails. They even sent me a tweet. They're like, Disney World's excited to welcome Adam Greenbaum and Elizabeth. They tagged us. I'm like, I didn't give them that. How the hell did they? I mean, I have a lot of followers, so maybe they were like, oh, we have some influencers coming. But I was so blown away that they tagged us. That's awesome. That's so Disney. That is so Disney. That's so nice to hear. I Look at me saying, like, I know them. Like, thank you so much. I'll let them know. <laughs> Hey, hey, Bob Iger. Thanks. Right. You know, Thank Kevin Feige from Marvel. Yeah, Bob. Bobby, we love you, man. Give it up for Bobby. <laughs> Bob, man. You know, Bob, Bob, where I'm going to ask you one, two last things. One, you know, I listened to a podcast with Bob Iger on the Tim Ferriss show. My wife's like, oh, you and him are identical. He's just such an intense guy. He's up at four every day. He said everywhere he travels, he tries a piece of pizza locally. So you're from Jersey. What's the best pizza on earth you've ever had? So there is a place called Sorrentino's in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, actually, which is just fantastic. So 
if you all make the trip out there, it's really great. There's one here in town called Brooklyn Square. Brooklyn's in the house, but it's called Brooklyn Square Pizza. I'm such an East Coast guy, aren't I, Adam? The hell? <laughs> my uh, my cousin, who's more like a brother, just bought a house in Medford, and he's from Vegas. I mean, he's we you know we both lived in Denver, and now he's now he's out there and he's living that dream. Awesome. Yes, great. Yeah, I was so excited for him until I saw the price of his gigantic house with his backyard that's a football field compared to my house in California. Yeah, it's like when you said Medford, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a very nice town. Very, very nice. Oh, it's a great town, except he gets a mansion for, you know, a couple hundred grand where a couple hundred grand out here gets you a canoe. <laughs> so I was really happy for him. So anyone who wants to find you, follow you, get to know you, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, you tell me, like, where can they get to know you? Yeah, so I do have Instagram, Adam underscore Christman, like Christmas, C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-N. And then I have a website too, www.dradamchristman.com. TikTok, like I said, Dr. Adam Christman 52. LinkedIn, Adam Christman. YouTube, The Dr. Christman Show. Twitter, NJ Chico, because I speak a little bit of Spanish. Did I cover them all? Oh, Facebook, I have the Adam Christman Show page, so you can follow me there. So, Yeah. And then DVM 360, we got to give a shout out to DVM 360. So we are always looking for anyone interested in looking to write and speak. You know, we'd love to have them. So DVM360.com. Yeah, if only you knew anyone really insightful and smart who owns a, one of the fastest growing tech companies in VetMed, who's sort of innovating and changing everything and just, you know, a content library. I don't know. You'll have to think about that. But if there's anyone you could think of, let me know. I, I know. it's It's got to be the name, Adam. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get you on. Definitely. I appreciate your time today. This was so cool. I, I mean, there's so many things that people could take from this and walk away and yeah, thank you so much. This was this was awesome. Well, you're a great host. Thank you for having me. Of course. And everyone out there listening, like, share, subscribe, rate, all of those things. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, all of those things. Whiskercloud.com. Go to the blog. We post more content than any company on earth. You will become a marketing expert on our blog for free. Talk to you all soon. Bye.